The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh, hello, creeps. Um, where are the uh, rules? There's only one rule. Are you ready? Here it is. There are no rules. Go. Welcome to The Noise Report, a podcast about music, movies, books, and other random assorted pop culture. Hosted by the music guy, CJ Plane, coming at you live from the house of fuckery. Welcome. Now let's start a riot. Now let's get out there and melt some faces! Today, it's another episode of your least favorite podcast on the internet. <laughs> I'm the music guy. You know who I am. Um, this is the Noise Report. Uh, I hope it's not your least favorite podcast on the internet, but if it is, that's okay. I'm used to it. Um, over here, gentlemen, you're going to hear. Uh, you're not going to see them, uh, but that's only because... Uh, I'm an idiot, and I don't know how to actually capture the video yet. I'm still trying to learn that, still. Um, but uh, back again for the second time, uh, it is my honor to have uh, uh, Mr. Matt Gardner. Uh, and uh, this time around, we're going we're gonna to focus a little more than the first time. And uh, we're going to focus uh, on his band. They have a new record. And uh, to start it off, I'm going to have Matt give you just a short uh, little intro in case you missed the first one. Yeah, for sure. Hey, thanks, DJ. Uh, and don't worry, you are not alone in that ship as far as not uh, having the video working for your podcast yet. I am in the same ship as you, so uh, we're, we're in it together. So we're, uh, we're the, uh, the, the audio guys, apparently, so don't, uh, don't feel... Uh, don't feel left out. I'm, I'm with you with that one. So thanks uh, thanks for having me back on the show, of course, TJ. I know you got a great show, so I, you're one of the first guys I reached out to to, to kind of help the, spread the word here with the, uh, the new album that we're going to get into. Uh, just a little background on me. Yeah, I've been, uh, I'm up in Edmonton, Canada. I've been doing uh, promoting, recording, performing live music for 22 years. I guess I got into oh. it basically as soon as I was of age, so 18 <laughs> You know, putting on the old hall shows, the do-it-yourself kind of punk rock shows where you do the, you know, the, the flyers and go go to the stores and let you put posters <laughs> in their windows and the whole thing, right? So I uh, played in the old blues club because they had the open mic, so I had to kind of lo- learn some blues licks uh, so I could go up there and you know, do some, get my performance chops up and, you know, did that whole thing, moved out to a bigger center. Uh, so I was born in Prince George, BC, 80,000 people. So that's when we moved to uh, Edmonton. We started in Calgary, about a million people. I imagine a lot of folks in uh, you, you know the states have heard of Calgary and Edmonton, if nothing else, probably not Prince George. Uh, so, and that's basically where we went to. We went to a bigger center, and yeah, yeah. My current band is Ground Level Falcons. That's the band we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we're just have a, coming up on our ten year anniversary as a group. So, pretty cool. This is our fifth uh, LP. Uh, so basically we're kind of, yeah, as you can see, uh, every two years or so we put out a, a new record and this one's called Skyline. Very proud of that. Of course, that's what we're going to be. Uh, I just released that one 
on all the major platforms. It's on Apple Music, Spotify, etc. That was on September 22nd, so as of time of recording, uh, about five days ago. And yeah, this is our, our favorite album that we've done so far. Quite a story behind it as far as, you know, with the whole pandemic and everything else. We'll obviously get into that as well. But that's a little bit about myself. I also do a, uh, you know, I run a recording studio here in Edmonton called uh, Electric Soil Recordings and do a couple podcasts myself. I have 10 albums podcasts as well as Electric Soil podcast. And 10 albums, I've had uh, the music god himself, CJ Tellen, on a few times. Yeah. And really appreciate it because we get a nice bump in, in ratings when he comes on to share some of his knowledge and, and lists and all that. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of the collaboration that CJ and myself have going on. So, uh, again, CJ, thank you so much for having me on today. Absolutely, brother. Um, I, I, I had I had to laugh about the old, you know, it's like the punk roots because, like I said, <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I got my start in radio, um, but also kind of in music. Like, I... I started very young in music, uh, being in foster care, obviously, um, you know, first band, you know, the first major show we played was opening for Jerry Lee Lewis. Wow. Yeah. That's um, unreal. We, we won a battle of the bands. The The prize was you get to open uh, the local arts festival. Um, you know, you're the opening band for the headlining band. And we didn't know who it was at the time. It hadn't been announced yet. Um, but it was always a bigger band, you know, in Alabama, Randy yeah. Travis, somebody like that. And um, being a metal band, we we pretty much knew we were going to be opening for somebody that probably wasn't in our genre. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. We were 15 and 16 years old, you know, so, we, hey, you know, hey, it's opening for a major band. Sweet, we'll take it. Yeah, so, of course. <laughs> we find out about two weeks before the show uh, that is Jerry Lee Lewis and that's unreal man I that immediately I am freaking terrified because Jerry's reputation is well known you know sure. <laughs> like, yeah, he's gonna well freaking put, yeah. hate us <laughs> um, we get right. up there we start playing about halfway through the show I look over and I notice he is standing on the side of the stage watching us Okay. And I was like, oh, that's bad. Jerry came off of his bus to right, watch right. us. Or either too loud right. or whatever. We finish. Sure. As we're walking off stage, Jerry actually walks over to us and shakes our hand. And wow. I was like, how are you today? And he's like, I'm good. And I was, he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, for a bunch of kids, you don't actually suck. And I was like, hey. I'll take it, because coming Dude, from you, that's probably yeah. as close to a compliment as you're going to get. <laughs> I think so, man. That's like a, honestly, that's probably a high compliment uh, right. from him in right. the context. So Absolutely, man. We yeah. just got the hell off the stage and got out of there before he changed his mind. But um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, just I grew up in that, yeah. you know, the old school posters, Dude. spending hours oh. and... Sticking yeah, them man. in store was, windows and, and shit like that. That so. was part of the fun. Like, I yeah. was doing that up until, like, when we moved to Edmonton still. And, uh, it was, so the main drag here in, in, in Edmonton is White Ave. And it's like, you know, there's the whole etiquette. Like, you don't poster over shows that are haven't happened yet. And you don't, right. like, oversaturate your posters and all that. And of course, some jackasses do break the rules every now and then. But, <laughs> you know, there's that whole, the that whole thing. Yeah, man. It was, like, it was fun. So we were doing that until... I don't know. Yeah, probably the early 2010s or so. And then after that, it's like, you know, the 
you know, Twitter and all these other yeah. di- sort of digital uh, platforms kind of came into uh, fruition. Mm. Uh, and so that was kind of the way to do it. And, uh, but I do kind of miss it, walking out there. And it's yeah. like, you know, you can kind of be a man of the people and go, hey, like, you want to come to a show? And you got that yeah. human touch and, and you can be creative with your show posters. And we used to be as simple, just stick man drawings because it stood out so much from all these over complex, yeah. you know, especially death metal. They always have to have these crazy elaborate. The artwork's amazing. But after a while, they all kind of look the same because it's all like some demon, like with right. a severed head or, you know, a dragon or something right like that. So we just had like stick men drop kicking each other or something like that right just kind of stand out a bit <laughs> your typical death metal logo hey what force did you get lost in and take a picture for that you know <laughs> right yeah, right. Um, yeah. yeah. no but I, it's, it's a lost art bro it really is though it is it the is. art of I the posters it. and the promotion and the do-it-yourself um well even even cj like i'm sure you're a huge fan of, of like album artwork so mm-hmm. i mean aside from like as soon as records got shrunk into like a cassette art you know the, the artwork is shrunk into like a, the size of a cassette or even a cd like it's just not quite you know what i mean when you have a record it feels like you have a friggin' piece of art in your hands because you do right this is like man this is something here and then as soon as you kind of shrink that down and now you know i think we've talked about before the whole streaming thing is it's kind of a double-edged sword of course it's nice to have everything on demand and convenient and such yes but the flip side of it is like man you got like this little thumbnail graphic of cover art now that's how you present your album and honestly and i'm sure we can get into it a little bit about as far as the presentation that we're doing with our album here just the last two albums we've done it has been specifically online releases as far as streaming sites and all that and it just doesn't quite have the same yeah je ne sais quoi as you have as like even a cd i I, i'm kind of learning you know i think indie bands still need it's almost like if nothing else a business card if you have a cd or something there's just no you still there's still room for it it's just it drives me nuts because i've always hated cds they always skip skip, skip, skip. i I don't like the the medium of cd uh you know I, i would almost prefer a cassette over a cd to be honest with you and um but at the same token it's like yeah we've definitely found out uh the digital as clean and easy as it is i uh, could you know not have to worry about the the printing press coming back and always without fail you get your album cover and it's not quite the color that the proof was and you're like oh too late now and i got 500 of them you know <laughs> all that kind of stuff uh, i don't miss that side of it but by the same token we aren't quite getting the mileage that we would get out of our albums if we had a hard copy to right. give to people and radio stations and such too so it is a it's a you know it is what it is though right it's a, it's kind of ch- trying to change with the times but yeah that's definitely something that we've kind of figured out it's uh we might have to do a small you know yeah. small run of like 100 300 cds or something we'll see we'll see yeah i mean you know the thing the majority of my knowledge the the, the mass part of my knowledge um, you know, being the son of a truck driver, I grew up in the front seat of a Peterbilt truck. Right. Um, I didn't right. go to school until I was seven years old because uh, my dad being a truck driver and being divorced, we lived in his truck, mostly. In a, right. <laughs> we had a house, yes. but my dad was over the road, so I was with him when he was gone, which was about 25, 26 days a month. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So my knowledge came one from constantly being surrounded by other truckers. Um, but also, you know, we didn't have computers in. We didn't have laptops, cell phones, any of that. This was the early 70s, the middle 70s. So I would sit in that passenger seat of that truck 
And my dad, much like me, he loved music. So we had a ton of records. We had a ton of eight tracks. We had a ton of cassettes. Um, and I would spend hours just reading everything. That's why I can tell you Bob Seger, Nine Lives, uh, was recorded on April 21st, 1974 at uh, Genesee Studios in Ypsilanti, Michigan, uh, engineered by Bob Marlette, uh, co-engineered by Steve Yeise. I can tell you all of these insane, dumb facts about <laughs> records because I spent nothing but time just sitting there reading these things, looking at right. the art, reading the stories behind it. And I agree that, you know, records really did have the storyboard to go along with it. Um, For sure. But even going into CDs, you know, in the early days of CDs, there were bands that the, when you took that booklet out, they did a lot in those booklets. They had the lyrics, they had the art, it had, you know, uh, Operation Photo, for example. Yeah, right, right. They had an amazing, when you open that thing up and you read through that, whatever you want to call it, the insert or the, you know, the cover. Yeah. Um, it, it was really like having an LP almost. Right. Now that got right. kind of lost because towards the end, like now you buy a CD and it's kind of like, it's just kind of like, okay, well, here's your insert. You know, it's just like, oh, band name. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. They don't right. put that effort into it. But you're seeing it come back more. The LP is coming back more. The record is coming back more. For and sure, for sure. You're seeing all of this vinyl. People are doing crazy things with vinyl that you never seen back in the day. Very right, few bands right. did swirled vinyl, vinyl or red yeah. vinyl or blue vinyl. Oh yeah. Or even exactly. Uh, I can never remember the name of the band, but I got set a record from a band in Sweden. And um, essentially, the record was uh, based on Nordheim, um, which is hot and cold. So the first part of the record is about the coldness, and the LP is blue. And then the second part is about hell, basically, Valhalla. Um, So uh, that is an orangish-red color. Cool. So it's this very awesome you know, blue and orange vinyl that's clear. You can see through it, but it's got that color to it. And it's not something you've seen back in the early days bands do. Sure. Cost prohibitive back then. Material nowadays, you know, much easier to do. Technology makes it quicker and faster. Um, But, again, like the poster, it's a lost art. Um, For sure, for sure. So when bands do it, people like me notice it because <laughs> we're like hey this is fucking cool you know i love yeah um yeah not just the story but the effort you know for sure it's that's right yeah it's you know it's like the old lesson of you work hard you earn something and you really appreciate it because you understand the effort and the work that went into it completely whereas if yeah. it's just handed to you you don't understand because you didn't work for it. Yeah. Um, You're more more likely to squander it, right? Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah, exactly. So yeah. It's the same thing. I think even as an artist, you could probably say, you understand this record you did because you put the work and effort into it. You know the time. It's kind of like a child, almost. Um, oh, yeah. 
you know, yeah, yeah. You no, birth a, this thing. So um, completely, man. So. Yeah, we've. Um, I use that analogy actually quite a yeah. bit, and it's like, uh, you know, it's a uh, the whole mixing because this is the only album I've done. I think the last ten years that I did the full on, like straight up to the mm-hmm. end, the the mixing, the editing, everything, and then we used a uh, like an online analog mastering site called Area, and they do right. a great job, or the machine does a great job, and just warms it up, right? Um, but uh, you know. Where was I going with this? Yeah, so the actual, it feels literally like you have a child and it's up to like right before you release it, it's like right, right before they're about to go off to college. So it's like, and I was all up, all the way up to the graduation, graduation being the final mix that I committed and sent off for mastery. And then at that point, I'm like, it is, it's kind of like they go off to college and after that, you know, hey, uh, right. you know, there's only so much you can do. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I definitely use that analogy of, uh, of a child for sure. Right. So let's get into this record. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> you sent me two songs, but um, obviously, being who I am, I had to listen to the whole thing. Um, oh, I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> it's hard for me to interview somebody about a CD if I only know one or two songs. Um, Fair enough. I appreciate it. Such a. It's like trying to describe a building by only looking at the front door. Sure. You know, yeah. I, I guess is yeah, yeah. A, a way to put it. If you, if you can't see the whole thing or get the whole picture of it, then um, can't really talk. Yeah, about it, it doesn't feel complete to me. Um, sure. But sure. anywho, uh, <laughs> I, I I'm listening to this, and the whole time I'm listening to it, I'm thinking to myself, God, this reminds me of of somebody, and I can't put my finger on it. I'm listening to the songs and I was like, God, these are great, great, great songs. And but it, the the Thank style, you. not the not the overall record, but just the style of it, the context of it, reminded me <clears> of somebody. <throat> and I could not put my fucking finger on it. And I was like, it's, it's driving me crazy. And then in uh, the sixth song, or the, actually the seventh song, of "Running Like a River," yeah, yeah, it dawned on me that it was the replacements. Oh, nice. That's who I was thinking of. It had that that feel, that right, right. old school Minnesota grunge feel. Um, cool, man. Now, for those of you kids that don't understand <laughs> that reference, let me give yeah. you some context. Grunge did not start in Seattle. <laughs> Grunge, true grunge, uh, started in the mid '80s uh, in a place called Minneapolis. It started with Bob Moog and uh, Pete Weller and uh, bands like The Replacements, uh, Soul Asylum. Uh, long before they did Runaway Train, um, had a long career uh, as a heavier grunge band, uh, which they've actually gone back to now. Um, you had the replacements. You had sugar. You have morph. Uh, you had morphine. You had um, a number of other great bands, and um, this record really, to me, puts a modern spin on that classic Minneapolis grunge style. Um, now, whether or not you intended to do that, I don't know, but. You absolutely achieved it. <laughs> so, 
Hey, man, I that's a great compliment, honestly. Because yeah, we um, this one especially because I know that you you listen to our past, past some of our past stuff, and generally we like to describe ourselves, you know, with an elevator pitch. I like to say, you know, Neil Young uh, mm-hmm. with like some Queens of the Stone Age kind of yeah. like stoner rock and sort of melding the two. Yeah. Not that it's that far of a cry to say, because Neil Young himself is sort of dubbed yes. as like the godfather of grunge, yes. right? So, uh, you know, having a lot of influence from him no, I, uh, is, is obviously fairly apparent. Yeah. Uh, but to get I, that, And I, I definitely actually, hear that as well. I, I, I hear that as you well, yeah. Easily, yeah. I mean, that is a reference for, that... Um, for sure, for sure. So, um, but you know what, that, you know what, the, the fact that even you were stumped is a huge... To me, that's almost as a bigger compliment initially than, you know, to hear... Uh, uh, kind of t- tapping into like the uh, the essence or the, the genesis of grunge. Both mm-hmm. of those are, are tremendous compliments coming from you. So thank you. Uh, but the first one saying that you, you were kind of stumped—that's perfect because that happens a fair bit. I, we I've heard a huge wide spectrum of comparisons, yeah. and to me that's great because if as soon as somebody says, "Well, you just sound like this," you're a derivative of this. That's like some. Of the, you know, kind of almost like an insult or like uh, yeah. uh, oversimplifying something. So if, if you can kind of catch a broad spectrum of, of influences yeah. and people can't quite put their finger on you, I think you're doing something right. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I like both of those compliments and the fact that you've kind of tied us into like the beginnings, the actual origins yeah. of grunge. That is fantastic because grunge is, in fact, my favorite genre, as you probably <laughs> have figured out by now, uh, you know, being a child in the 90s and all that. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, dude. I for sure. No, we're super stoked on how it turned out. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want me to just fly into like some of the the background, or if you got if you got well, questions, I don't want to yeah, stomp on yeah, it. So no, we'll, I'll let you go ahead. We'll, we'll get it in just a second. Um, totally, totally. I here's the thing. Like, I use comparisons loosely only because the average radio listener, I guess, it's the quickest way to connect them to something. Is if you can say, um, okay, if if the if you're a prog metal band, I use it kind of like, hey, if you dig uh, Dream Theater or um, Royal Hunt, then you'll dig this band. Um, So it's it's kind of a loose comparison. I never want to say somebody sounds exactly like somebody unless they just sound exactly like somebody. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For example, with the Quiet Riot reference from the last interview. Yeah, to me, that's right. Yeah, I love Quiet Riot. It, I didn't mean it as a dig at Quiet Riot, but again, Quiet Riot really was the greatest Slade cover band <laughs> right. to exist. Yeah, yeah. That's what they were. Yeah. Listen yeah. to Slade, listen to Quiet Riot, and if you can't catch that comparison reference, yeah, then you're tone deaf. It's <laughs> not it. Exactly. It's not a slate. I don't mean it in a slate because I love Slade. Sure. So to say, hey, you sound like Slade, that's a compliment in my book. Well, There's for a sure. lot of those fans. Um, but on this yeah. record, again, I it was that one, it was the fuzzy guitars, that tone of the guitars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. wasn't really modern stoner, I guess, is what they mm-hmm. refer to it now. Um, right. But it just had that that kind of loose phasing, that kind of buzzy guitar tone, that that spacey vibe. It had that air to mm-hmm. it that mm-hmm. um how do I say more is less. Or less <clears throat> is more sometimes. Yep. That yep. you you give the music room to breathe. Oh for sometimes sure. Sometimes 
taking that note. And Neil was, uh, it, Neil was and is a classic example of sometimes just taking the note and letting it ride. Big time. Yeah. Dang. And just letting that oh, yeah. buzz of the note. Yeah. Just kind of carry it for a minute. And um, it's funny you say Neil because on uh, Strawberry Moon, uh, mm -hmm. my note is I wrote, it reminds me of the Traveling Wilburys. Traveling Wilburys oh, cool. for some reason. Cool. And yeah, I put, yeah. Put yeah. my finger on it. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It would be because <laughs> Neil being part of <laughs> Traveling right, Wilburys. There you go. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. what I was catching. Um, right. So, right. and also it has that, it's, it was one of those songs that it was very uh, change of pace, kind of. Uh, the the, mm. the first couple songs had that, I guess, more of a a darker, I don't want to say dark, yes. um, has more of a, maybe a heavier air to it. And Completely. Then by very Strawberry Moon, yeah. has more of a kind of a, that jangly um, type of sound. Um, Completely, yeah. And, and, good, uh, and, good catch. Yeah, and I'm doing a piss poor job of describing this. I really, I'm amusing words that are just. No, no, um, <laughs> no, dude. Like, you, no, you're, you, it's exactly right. Like how you're describing it, and and you know we'll get into it, but like the very intentional as far yeah. as like I'm sure you can appreciate it too. I hope you, you yeah, kind of. And I can unpack it like like yeah, the flow and, of the album was very intentional as far yeah, as the so, sequence, right? Yeah. So let's get into the story of this because again, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, you know, a funny thing. I didn't catch, listening to this, I didn't catch exactly what the story represented. Like, I caught the okay. story and what it was, but I didn't catch what the, I guess, the basis of the story was. And yeah, when I looked sure. at the press release... And I looked at it, I was like, dude, it was like you were completely in my head. <laughs> it was almost like you knew what was going to yeah. happen in my life before yeah. you wrote this damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> and looking at it now, I was just kind of like, dude, that's kind of funny, eerie. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, synchronicity. I, I, I will go back and listen to it again, and it will take on a completely yeah, different meaning now, I think, because... Looking at what the songs are about, I'm Completely. just going to be like, yeah. okay, yep, now I hear it, now I hear it, now I hear it. Um, right. So right. describe the story, like what it represents, yeah. what it is, and, sure. and what's not. Let's get into that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, the album's called Skyline. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's a few different layers here, so just bear with me. I'll, I'll tie it all together here, I'm sure. So Skyline is actually, it's a, the Skyline Trail is mm -hmm. a uh, is a hike that's about a 27-mile hike. Uh, that's in the Canadian Rockies. It's fairly close to where we live. So, um, and I haven't actually done it yet, but I've done a few hikes around there. It's always been kind of like the crown jewel that my brother and I were going to hike at one point. Nice. So I've studied it and I've kind of looked at it. And basically, uh, the numerology working out as it did. There's the uh, obviously the start of the hike, the end of the hike, and there's five different campgrounds uh, mm -hmm. to kind of break up the hike as you go. So I go, okay, there's seven here. So immediately, I wanted to have a, a story about a. Uh, like a breakup, basically a relationship breakup. Everybody can relate to it. It's pretty universal language by this point. And through that, there's going to be, you have the seven stages of recovery or it's known as seven stages of grief as well. So mm -hmm. each song is going to represent one of those stages 
And another layer on top of that is Olivia, who does a fantastic job of the uh, the female backing vocals. Yes. She's sort of deliberately put in on different, you know, I guess different sort of caricatures or different phases, uh, depending on what the song is. So depending on the main character, that being represented by myself, the male character. So, for example, the first song, the first official song, which is track two, The Human Trigger, uh, she's kind of like almost like in this haunting, reverby, spacey, Mm-hmm. Kind of almost like high pitched, uh, like haunting sort of backing vocal, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of washed out with reverb and all that. So it's almost like the the protagonist is trying to get her out of her head, uh, out of his head, but it's she's still kind of very much present, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and then that's why we do the call and answer, right? So it's he's saying something, but it's almost like he hears her voice right mm-hmm. after. So there's a lot of intention behind what she brought to the table as far as the backing vocals, and of course there's some songs that she doesn't really here in uh, again by design because that's you know depending on what the phase of the stage of recovery uh, that's represented by the song is her lack thereof you know presentation or how heavy she is in the song so mm. she's another layer of the storytelling as well so basically what it is obviously there's the intro i always like presenting uh i'm gonna go on a little bit of a side brand here i always like presenting albums as like mini mini movies Mm -hmm. so my brother is a big uh comic book guy so he does uh graphic novels and such not as much now he's he's kind of he's a registered nurse so he's he's pretty much pretty busy with that right but we've always wanted to do this collaboration where we can we can't make a movie i mean we could but yeah i mean a little late in the game to start uh filmmaking when we're both like 40 so (laughs) so uh, i I mean it's yeah, you know. I mean it's 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 more available now than than ever as far as uh, just being able to kind of do a guerrilla uh, movie style kind of thing. So you never know. But uh, we were kind of looking at um, the whole idea. Like I love the idea of NFTs mm-hmm. as far as like the new art medium where you can you can literally put uh, you know like even a graphic novel like a page comes up uh, like the frames of uh, you know whatever kind of the story you're trying to tell during the song. So you're almost listening to. The music while being presented with like a graphic novel and then you skip mm-hmm. the next song and then and different artwork comes up so i'm loving that idea and you know we're gonna obviously experiment with that at some point in the future that was my little side rant back to this though so basically uh when you're starting so that, that intro track is supposed to kind of have that unsettling i was picturing sort of like an abandoned campground with like you know the fire's kind of going out mm-hmm. there's nobody there and that eerie feeling of like kind of being by yourself like where you've woken up and maybe a little bit lonely and kind of has that kind of longing feel to it and kind of gets you in that mindset so it's about 30 seconds of that kind of creepy uh uncomfortable music just (laughs) just kind of get in your head and i'm sure you noticed that sort of shows up at the end of the song it's almost the thread through the album to the last yeah i that was my note is um mellow vibe great vocals that fit the song perfectly um dirty guitar tone at the end perfectly um right the way the guitar comes in um, again, with oh, that yeah. fuzzy kind yeah, of I love tone buzz, man. I'm, um, <laughs> that I really love just, it was so perfect to me. It was kind of, it was almost the payoff to the buildup. You know mm, what I'm saying? Like, great. Yeah, totally. is, no, that's, you know, your song, yeah. a song should build to the climax. And that really Completely. was Completely. a great uh, climax uh, to that oh, song. Thanks, dude. Of, Thank you. You know. Yeah. So I guess, and thanks, dude. And I guess well, I'll just quickly bring it down. So like Human Trigger, a.k.a. Song 2, and we'll go down from that. But these are the your, your mm-hmm. seven songs, seven flagship songs after you yep. get through the intro. So Human Trigger is basically your shock and denial. Mm-hmm. Uh, your face gives it away is, is uh, pain and guilt. Uh, 
Uh, Blood Memory, which is the angriest, fuzziest song, of course, represents anger and the kind of that bargaining process that you go through with yourself. Uh, Dislocation, which is kind of a, my sleeper uh, sleeper yeah. song that I, I like the best. I just I think it might be my favorite song I've written. Uh, it's about yeah. depression. Uh, Strawberry Moon is the upward turn, hence, hence the uh, you know kind of the whimsical yeah. nature of it, and purposely kind of put uh, you know almost like the yin to the yang of the album to kind of bring you back up. And then uh, Running Like a River uh, reconstruction, and then Skyline that sort of uh, collage of different uh, you know different songs at the end there is the acceptance and hope so it's almost kind of presented in this dream sequence where you're mm-hmm. just sort of you know you're, you're you're getting past it you're gonna kind of move on with your life uh type dealio right. so that is basically skyline as far as the um the storyline and such now one other little connection point that some people might be interested in some people might not i also want to preface that is like you don't <laughs> you know when some people cringe when you say concept record and that's not necessarily what we go for but it's there if you like it right it's not right it's not jammed down your throat as a concept record but if you do any reading about it or like for you you're just go, okay well let me read this press release now it's going to enhance your second or third listen right because now you're going to be looking for these different things little little hints and you know, breadcrumb trails that we put in there so uh that's the whole idea is, is to get back to the you know album an album that's you play in sequence. It's not about what song one, four, and seven are the hits and yada yada. It's a, it's a piece. It's a, it's an art piece, and that's yeah. just the way I like to present. So, having said that as well, this is sort of the, the prequel for our 2019's Good Living Foundation, which also had a storyline between right. these two characters after they'd gotten back together. So, this is sort of a uh, sort of their, um, I guess, their time apart the and beginning. how they kind of came back together. So, I like to you know Stephen King or like M Night Shyamalan yeah. or different filmmakers that kind of have these worlds they create. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what we're trying to do with with our music as far as uh, you know. And then the next album I already have sort of in the same universe, but maybe some different characters, but also have a tipping of the cap to these characters, right? So again, that's just for me. That's what drives me creatively. It gets me gets me going. And then there's obviously my own personal experience I can put into this with that fictional filter that doesn't leave me out there too vulnerable. People right. are like, oh, wow, is that, are you okay, Matt? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, it's just a story. Yeah. Even though, you know, everybody knows there's like some uh, complete realism in there. Otherwise, you know, how would I be able to <laughs> talk about it, right? Yeah, you know what I, I mean? Was, I, like I said, when I read the release, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, with everything that's going on with me with the divorce and everything, I, yes, I, you know, my first divorce, um, I was 28 years old, 29 years old, so I, I kind of took it on the chin. It was pretty easy, no kids involved. Um, so even though it wasn't completely a clean divorce, it was pretty clean. I mean, it was probably mm. about as clean as you could ask for. Um, sure, sure. This one at 50, man, is just freaking brutal. And right. she's not making it any easier at every step. She just makes it harder and harder. And even though I've gone through the seven steps and I'm, you know, I'm well past at this point, I still got friends that are like, man, you should, you know, her new boyfriend, whatever you want to call him, you, you should go kick right. his ass. And I was like, why would I do that? He did me a favor. Like at this <laughs> point, sure. at this point, he showed me what an unloyal, underhanded person she was. So, um, I'm not going to 
kick his ass. I'm gonna shake his hand and say, "Hey, thanks. You, yeah. you did me a favor, bro." So, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't know it at right. the time. I was angry at the time, but um, I look of back course, on it now. Course. It's a learning experience, and um, it doesn't get easier with age, but it, it really will put a new, I guess, appreciation or a new spin uh, when I hear it again and um, when I re-listen to it and. Uh, you know, it's cool. Like, I love records like that. Like, I didn't catch yeah. listening to it the first time uh, that it was a quote-unquote concept record. Um, sure, sure. So, and you know what? That works, though, too, right? Yeah. It's, uh, that's what I mean. It's just like somebody could that's never heard of us could just, you know, get a recommendation yeah. on Spotify, check it out, and like it. And it doesn't have the density that maybe, like, The Wall or, right. you know, 2112 has, where it's just kind of like, ah, like, what the hell? And the, oh, you almost need the story enabled to yeah. be able to kind of get through the songs just the way they're presented where as this it's accessible to first time listen or it's also accessible to people that do like a little bit more a little and i've always been like that i, I liked yeah. uh, you know move, i like that about art like filmmaking i always watch the special features because i like hearing about them yeah. this the backstory maybe the tension that was created and somehow yes. this this was created out of that tension you know all that kind of stuff like the stories and the uh are almost as interesting to me as the finished product sometimes so um so i always like having some some backstory and some extras uh for the people that are into that kind of thing exactly and that's 100 percent true um this location i will say uh probably one of my one of the two favorite songs in there um what i really love about that song is the the off kilter notes in it. Mm-hmm. You have the guitar mm-hmm. tone, mm-hmm. and then you have that. Dan, dan, dan. I think it's keyboard. Actually, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, Adrian. Yeah, but the notes right. are in. To me, they seem very, almost. Um, I can't think of the word I want to use here. Um, like dissonant. Yes. Like mm, the, yeah, they're intentionally yeah. done, almost in an yeah. opposite key of everything else. To kind of, yeah. it's it's jarring, in a way, but not in a bad way. And like, you know what? It's funny. It's funny you mention that. So Adrian, uh, who's actually he's living about fourteen hours away, and he's been out of the band for about four years. Uh, so we got him. I just sent him the tracks, and you know the the you know technology being what it is, he mm-hmm. can still show up on the albums. And uh, and yeah, he's he's a fantastic. Uh, fantastic musician overall. Like he's our lead guitar player, and he does all the key- a lot of the keyboards. And um, you know, and yeah, so he was sending me some great stuff. But uh, I know exactly which parts you're talking about. And I did have to edit a couple. Mm-hmm. That they just didn't quite rub every like in the full picture of things mm-hmm. uh, the right way. So I did have to k- take a couple notes out. But yeah, it definitely, it, like you say, it's it's, it's kind of jarring, but like it's it's yeah. in a good way. It definitely catches your ear, and it's almost it's just about to kind of be like, Ooh, I don't know about that. Right? But it and works. it's done perfectly. It's not like, right. like if it was a constant, what do I want to say? Not like a droning one, like, like a, a just a constant repetitive mm. line to it. I think it wouldn't right. have worked. But the fact that yeah, it's, it's there, kind of every other line or every other, you know, beat sequence really kind of made it work because it's there then it's not then it's there then it's not then it's there then it's not um exactly so it's this very again going back to the imagery that you talk about um it is this very 
in my head, I pictured it almost kind of like, um, almost like a Scooby-Doo-ish type. Oh, of, like yeah, a dark, yeah. like a dark manor, like like a ghost yeah. going through the dark manor. You're walking through it, and you kind of yep. had that ghost in your head, and you kind mm -hmm. of hear that old grandfather clock in the background. Yeah, with the dun 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 dun, like as a clock goes off, and it's it's jarring. Yep enough to it kind of is haunting but mm. not enough to really scare you you know yeah okay um, i like that so gonna, yeah that's kind of that the imagery that i've had in my head listening to it um yeah, yeah. which kind of plays like it. into it with the depression thing because yeah you think depression you go back to what you know and completely you, you completely. go back home to to reset yeah. and to re to restart for the upward turn um Completely, so completely. I guess I wasn't far off listening to it. Uh, now that no, it I see like everything, it, so um, yeah, I'm the yeah, same way, dude. I love imagery. Um, yeah, a yeah. good song will put that in your head. I, I would I yeah. would tell everybody that right now. Like if you hear a good song, you know it's a good song. If you can close your eyes, listen to that song, and sort of create your own video in your head. Oh, for sure. Yeah, theater you know, of the mind. Um, yeah, my friend Matt, Matt D. If, for those of you that know, uh, Matt D. Um, when you listen to Matt's music, Matt is so fucking amazing that I literally I can hear one of his songs and it almost plays like a David Lynch movie in your head. Mm. Like he mm -hmm. writes these songs that are so just so crazy good and they're so emotive that you literally when you listen to them man you, you can see the train on the tracks you can see the old beat down bar you can see <clears throat> the dusty highway that he's traveling through the desert in the old beat up Chevy I mean these their song they're so descriptive you know right yeah exactly and yeah like what these are dislocation again that's I seen that old dark manor going through the manor, the the clock in the background and the furniture covered with sheets and yeah, okay. that, that yeah, yeah. ghostly imagery. So kudos on that man. Like it's Thank you. You Thanks. know, the, the story yeah. is very strong. Um Thank you, man. Yeah. Even without knowing. Again, if, if you're a new listener to this, you're gonna be able to hear this and probably not catch that it is it is a concept record. Um Yeah. Yeah. The first listen, um, which I think is a good thing because, again, like you said, with concept I think records, so too. people, right. I think people hear the term concept record, and it's daunting to them because they almost feel obligated to yes. understand the whole story and to listen to the yes. whole thing, so they have the story. And a lot of people don't want to do that; they just they want that instant gratification, that instant payoff. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. But come on, some of the greatest records of all time. Our concept records that Guaranteed. are beloved for that very reason. Um, Completely. So yeah, and um, going back to the graphic novel thing, uh, King Diamond right now uh, mm -hmm. for Abigail, uh, they they are doing this whole campaign where uh, they've created a graphic novel novel for the Abigail character to tie it in with I think the 30th anniversary. Um, cool. So it's got so much cool stuff in it. Um, so it can be done. It's it's a very yeah. cool idea, and I would love to see uh, you explore 
well dude with, like with i i think it's it's about time that music has something that can kind of bounce back from the yeah. whole napster thing and yes. streaming is not paying anybody anything let's face yeah. it except for the people that work at spotify <laughs> um, right. you know what i mean um but uh it's it's about time that, that the musicians get i you know aside from and i think we've talked about it before in one of our shows you and i've done the musicians that are able to you know sell off their catalogs like bob dylan for 300 million it's good to see because musicians for far too long have had to rely on you know doing the whole touring thing and merchandising and such, which is great, but I mean, let's face it, the last couple of years, it's been non-existent. And aside from that, like you look at professional athletes, millions, tens of millions of dollars, even movie stars still to this day, tens of millions of dollars. Musicians, oh, like literally pennies for like, yeah. uh, you know, 10,000 streams, right? So it's about time. I, I really hope this is like the whole NFT thing, and I'm not sure how many people in your audience know, just Google it. I just, it's a whole another podcast probably but uh it's just a, this, like a, basically a digital like almost like cryptocurrency of yeah. art art like art as yeah. being presented as uh it's like the future of art in my opinion anyways in a lot of people's opinions collectibles as well so yeah. it's 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 hopefully something that can uh can bounce the musicians and the music industry back into actually making good healthy income again yeah. you know and it's funny saying that um it popped into my head earlier, and I, I didn't get it out. Um, Tom McDonald. Um, I think pretty much everybody knows who's, who's, who Tom is at this point. Um, whether you agree with the man or not, whether you like his music or not, uh, isn't really the point here. Um, what this mm. man is doing is, one, it's a complete freaking anomaly in music. Um Two, I don't know what this man has going on, but I think other artists really need to look at him and study him and and learn. This is a man, another Canadian, who has taken his music. Uh, he does not do streaming. Everything mm. is physical. All his merchandise, when he releases it, he just did two records uh, along with all the merchandise. It sold out in minutes. Puts videos wow. every Friday. Uh, controversial? Yes. Uh, does everybody agree with it? No. But this man is selling millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of CDs and records and merchandise. And he's doing it out of his living room with just him and his girlfriend. He has no record label. He has no backing. He has nobody who works for him. This guy, he's a complete fucking anomaly. Yeah. YouTube videos. He puts them out 10, 12, 30, 40 million views. Um, That's craziness. It's, it's so old school. Like, if you go on any streaming service, he's got a few singles here and there, but his records mm. are not on them at all. You cannot wow. listen to a Tom McDonald CD on any streaming service. And that is a complete anomaly. Now, to do that and make money is crazy. His new record, he just did two of them. One was a mixtape, one was a full-length thing. 37 songs between the two of them. Wow. He sold yeah. 135,000 physical copies of that wow. thing before it was ever released pre-order unreal yeah wow. and, again independent him and nova 
his girlfriend is Nova Rockefeller. They mm. do it out of their living room. They physically pack, press, and release, send everything. He, he'll do a video of his living room where he's got stacks of shit mailed to mail. And he, wow. Big cargo van, they take it to the post office and they wheel this shit in. Old school packaging. Yeah. It's so insane. So it can be done. Right. You got to put in the work. You got to figure it out. So I ch yeah. again, I challenge any artist. Dude, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking you to like Tom McDonald. I'm saying, sure. look at what this man is doing. Study his model mm -hmm. and figure out how that will work for you. Because right. the conventional wisdom that any lawyer, A&R, PR, recording studio, even you as a producer yeah. would tell a new artist that conventionally you're not supposed to be able to do what Tom is doing. Comple oh, guaranteed. Yeah. That this like is say, a... Anom anomaly is the right word. Yeah. For sure. So it can be done. You just have to figure out how. And he's not the only one doing it. You have right. a number of artists that have tapped into uh, TikTok, they've tapped into Facebook, and they've tapped into these different things, and they are selling out concerts, they are selling out in different ways, and making a ton of money doing it. And, and kudos to them. Like, look, I never begrudge any artist for being successful or making money. Um, no, for sure. For Metallica, sure. again, for example... Metallica took that money uh, right before the Black Album. Everybody, oh, Metallica sold out. Metallica did this. Blah, 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 blah. Look, I don't care who you are as an artist. You can, I will die on the hill <laughs> stating, I don't care how true or how cult you think you are as an artist. If a label approaches you and says, here is $60 million, you are not turning that money down. Yeah, yeah. I think we know what's going to happen. Yeah, the exactly. most devout yeah. black metal cult band in the world <laughs> is going to record a fucking pop song if somebody says, here's $60 million. Yeah, okay, yeah for look, sure. Yeah, you, do yeah. not get in the, you do not get into the business of music. You do not get into the business of being an artist to be broke and eat ramen noodles simply for the sake of art. Okay? Right. Tom Waits is probably the only man alive uh, with yeah. the ideals to stand by that. Tom has never cared about money, and kudos to him for that. He has been successful. Um, but above and beyond Tom, I don't know another man, myself included. I'm not a pop artist fan. But look, right, you come to me with right, $60 right. million. Dollars, hey, All of a sudden, you change your tune a bit. I'm Literally. Justin fucking Timberlake for that kind of money, okay? Yeah. Like, look. Yeah. I will boy band my ass off for sixty million dollars. So I oh, do yeah. not begrudge Metallica one bit. Next time, next time I see you, you got the beards clean. You know, I got that short hair. All of a sudden, what happened to you, man? Well, I got sixty million bucks, right? And kudos. Like, look. Oh yeah. Why should? Why the hell should a band have to starve? <laughs> well, Just for so sure. the you fans. And you know what? Yeah, exactly. And that's like, oh, man. And that's kind of part of the, uh, you know, the whole thing, especially with with musicians more so than even again any other 
art form almost is like the starving musician to a degree to a certain threshold is celebrated and glorified even right. to this day but uh, to your point i mean maybe a little bit less now uh, people are kind of getting this it is the business of music and right. uh you know if, if you're gonna have any hope of, of doing it full-time or even remotely full-time yes you do have to find something that uh, right it's funny you mentioned tom mcgall i just looked up what his net worth is at 12 million dollars that is insanity for now, a dude that's just doing like you know indies you know, like ind- independence releases and here's the funny thing about it 12 million dollars this is a guy that four years ago was a fall-down alcoholic addicted to heroin living in his mom's basement, sleeping on an old beat-down couch. Man, craziness. Six months ago, him and Nova bought his mother a new house, a $700,000 mansion in Ontario, and they paid cash for it. Sure, yeah, I can see that. Dude, if that's not a regs to riches story... Right. Again, you don't have to like the guy. I'm not asking you to agree with his politics. But to go from to go from being addicted to heroin and living in your mom's basement to paying 700 grand in cash to buy your mom a house as a thank you for that in 4 yeah. years. Yeah. That's fucking incredible. So Yeah. Yeah, hey, pretty unprecedented. You know, again, study that business model because there is something that this mm. man is doing that you can take a lesson away from. Whatever it is, whether it's his distribution, whether it's his promotion, whether it's his video technique, whether it's his tenacity, I don't know how it will apply to you as an artist, as a listener. I'm telling you, you should not be able to do what Tom is doing. But the man right. is doing it, so take that goddamn lesson and run with it. Use it. Learn from it, because if you learn nothing else, learn what works and be successful with that. That's why you have teachers. That's why you have prophets and philosophers. And, and, and yeah, that's why you have people that come before and they leave a they leave legacies. For you to learn yeah, from. Yeah. And, um, yeah, completely. You know, so, yeah, I mean, again, I, I you know, um, kudos to you guys on this record, man. I, I, I again, completely Thanks, off track. Um, Thank you. I, I love this record. I really do. I love the tone of it. And um, it, it's going to mean even so much more now that I've read the press release and I know what it's about. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it will be a completely different listen. But, um, beauty. Um, Videos, anything like that from it yet, or possibility, maybe no. Uh, I'm not sure about videos quite yet. Um, we're going to be doing those, uh, just doing some uh, some Facebook and, and YouTube live performances to support it. We're just oh, going nice. to be literally just doing the uh, the album in sequence. Like we'll play it as a performance piece uh, in our studio, nice. and uh, sort of release it as a, you know a series of live performances, and hopefully getting back into actual. You know, live in person yeah. venues by by next spring. But honestly, uh, just a couple of the guys in the band have some some young ones at home, like they're under under three or under four years old, and uh, so they're a little bit uh, hesitant to be going out to you know some of the the uh, hole in the wall 
pubs uh, that were kind of endearing, yeah. uh, you know, two or three years ago won't be so endearing now where you're kind of going, ah, I don't know, like what is underneath this table or, you know, yeah, you know, whatever. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's part of the charm of being in a rock band for the most part. But um, when you're kind of worried about, uh, you know, still the, the whole COVID thing uh, and germs being passed and people that haven't been vaccinated coming out and such, uh, that definitely plays a part. So we're, we're yeah. being responsible that way. Maybe a little overly cautious, but but at the same token, not overly cautious because there is some young young families involved with the band, and that's just the reality of it when you get right. into the uh, age group that we are. So that's kind of the plan for now. CJ, we're going to be doing some... Uh, and that, that kind of interacting with our fans that way because I sort of intentionally took a, a, a bow out with, the, uh, with anything to do with the band for about the last uh, seven or eight months because I knew this release was coming and I didn't want to, you know, continue to, hey, by the way, recording a new album, can't right. wait to shoot, you know. So I purposely kind of did radio silence for a while to uh, to get out of people's heads so then when we did come back with this, I could uh, come back full force without any uh, worry of, uh, you know, quote-unquote spamming your, your friends and fan base, right. <laughs> right? So I gave them a little breather, a little break, and then, uh, you know, uh, presumably everybody be like, oh, you know, they're kind of ready for it now. Uh, so that's kind of the the the, uh, the mindset with that. Uh, but yeah, as far as uh, the next six months, that's kind of what we're doing. We're just going to be uh, keeping it uh, local in the studio here, uh, doing some presentations that way, specific to this album. Just doing um, it as a you know as a piece, a concert piece, and um, yeah, so that'll be coming soon, and you'll be able to see that on our. Uh, you know, Facebook account, which is basically, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be linked in your notes, but facebook.com slash ground level Falcons, all one word. So I uh, just say, uh, if anybody wants to, you know, shoot us up a message or, you know, give us a follow and all that, um, we will kind of do a couple surprise performances, but then we'll also have a couple that are um, actually marked down as, uh, you know, this date we'll, we'll be performing at 8 p.m. Mountain time or whatever it may be. So we're not exactly sure how it looks quite yet, but that is the, uh, the loose plans for now for the next six months. And then hopefully by next spring, we will be back out in the, uh, you know, in the, the wilderness of, uh, the pubs and bars around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, dude, again, thank you for doing this, man. Thank you for yeah, man. Uh, emailing sure. me and letting me do this because, you know, I was waiting. My pleasure. I was waiting for the record. Actually, to, I was gonna ask you. I was just like, yeah, I, yeah, you, yeah. you had you had posted, you know, that it was coming up and that, and I was kind of waiting uh, so that I could hear mm -hmm. the record and all that. And um, but like I said, I love the record and I really appreciate you uh, trusting me uh, with it oh, to um, for sure, man. To do this and uh, I, I, like I said, I never take this for granted, man. It's so yeah. fun to talk about music and discuss music on a deeper level um, than just the uh, surface stuff. Um, totally. So, uh, I wish you great success with this. Um, Thanks, Matt. This will not be the last time you hear Matt, I, I promise you, uh, whether I'm on his <laughs> or he's on mine. Um, oh, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, the Ish List is going to be debuting very soon, and Matt will be on there because I, I uh, actually to. have a list that just has his name written all uh, over it uh, so i'm going to send Ooh, that to him like very it. soon um beautiful beautiful to, uh, that sounds he'll tremendous. be able to give you his top 10 list <laughs> <laughs> on a subject that Excellent. i think he's probably very well uh versed <laughs> and, and uh, knowledgeable on um you are correct and um uh, with that said uh mr matt gardner ground level falcons new record is skyline uh it's amazing 
Um, again, if you like Neil Young, if you like that early grunge sound, uh, even Pink Floyd. I mean, I think mm-hmm. fans of early yeah. Floyd will like this. It has that early, easy with that X Eugene type of spacey vibe, fuzzy tone to it. Um, so, um, check this record out. It is available everywhere. Um, there's no excuses why you shouldn't be listening to this thing. I will link everything uh, when I put this up. And uh, with that said, um, any last last words, comments, ideas, uh, famous no, quotes? No, not nice. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish. I wish. No, um, you know what? We covered it fairly, uh, fairly beautifully here and thoroughly. So thanks again, CJ. And yeah, I love it. If uh, I'd love to hear back from everybody. Like it's just uh, even just yeah. just checking it out. You know, I appreciate it beyond words. There was a lot of work that went into this album. Uh, you know, we, CJ and I kind of touched on that. You know the the extra work that kind of goes in. There was no shortcuts here. There is no shortcuts at the end of the day to put up to produce a record and to do it well. Uh, I was going into I mean literally you know one dB half dB uh, balancing acts of you know as far as the drums versus the rest of the music. Uh, you know did six very in depth mixes just to kind of tweak everything exactly where it needed to be. And I remember uh, usually what I do as far as uh, to test a mix is I will go for a jog because I usually get some very clear linear thought and there's no distraction and I get that nice runner's buzz as well. And I just remembered uh, each time up till that last one, there was always, okay, it's great, but and uh, the last one that I had, it was just everything was perfect and a smile came across my face. I said, you know what? This is done. And man, I getting goosebumps talking about it. That is a tremendous feeling. So, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, as, as, as much as technology helps with all this kind of stuff, there's yeah. very much a human touch and a, a human uh, sound to this album and the, right. the way that we present it. Uh, you know, a little bit of a quantizing as far as cleaning up some of the drums and so forth. But there is a little bit of that 60s, 70s vibe where the, you know, the drums kind of yes. go off a little bit, the guitar goes off a little bit. But that's what keeps it real, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's that's where, where you're talking about some of that old, what's yeah. old is new kind of flavor comes in, too. So that's yeah. very intentional as well. The whole thing is very intentional. Incredibly proud of it. Thank you so much, CJ, for having us on. And, yes, Ground Level Falcons. we got a band camp. You can stream all our uh, all our albums there as well. Groundlevelfalcons.bandcamp.com. That's kind of our de facto website. Awesome. Um, so this is Matt Gardner, Ground Level Falcons. Check them out everywhere. Uh, let them know you heard them again on the Noise Report. Uh, with that said, I'm going to shut the hell up and let you uh, get back to doing whatever you're doing. So um, look out for future episodes. I've got so many eclectic type of people. We're branching out here. We're going to get uh, not just music, but um, I guess some really, really cool stuff coming up, uh, including an actress who, uh, you won't know her name, but I promise you, when you look at her uh, internet movie database um, thing, uh, her, her, what do you call it, her actor's reel, Profile? Um, oh. her actor's reel, uh, you're going to be like, holy shit, I totally remember her from that scene, or I totally remember her from that scene. Uh, she's been in a ton of series as actresses, or as characters in famous shows, and um, I didn't know who she was, but when I looked at her actor's reel, I was just completely blown away. Like, I remembered every single scene that was in it from the shows. I was like, holy shit, I didn't even know. Um, but anyways, she's coming up. Um, Matt will be back soon, uh, and with that said, 
See you, bitches.